Hey guys. Hey everybody. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chase. And this is Crime with a K. coffee of the day is i really just had my peanut butter banana milkshake iced coffee but if you saw on the instagram i got a new creamer she did get a new creamer mm-hmm. and i finally made it right today <laughs> because he kept not putting it in the coffee i kept <laughs> using the other milk yeah i got the almond milk from aldi but it was kind of making my coffee really watery so i was like oh i don't really think that's the good one so then i got the almond breeze sweet and creamy almond milk creamer and she says it's really good it's really really good uh chase do you have a coffee of the day um no still on the apple juice grind. oh i'm on the apple juice grind love me some aj <laughs> so good still drinking it out of the bottle still i'm drinking out of the bottle yep. um I don't know. Have I gotten indulged in other beverages? I don't think so. No. Straight at it. I have. You I've trying? been dabbling. What did you dabble in? The sparkling water from Aldi. Oh, she indeed did. It was like 79 cents. Yeah. It was so good. It's strawberry flavored. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it was pretty good. I had a mm-hmm. taste. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Yeah, that's my coffee. Sorry, everybody. I'm always Sorry. disappointing. Oh, <laughs> I know. He jumps ahead. He doesn't have a coffee of the day. I know. I really am awful. <laughs> Get it together, baby. Get it together, baby. Also, if you've ever seen that Applebee's commercial. Never seen it. I think we talked about it on the We did. Though. I didn't post it, though. I deleted it one oh. time. But Chase was like, that's not a real commercial. If you know the Applebee's commercial, she goes, Applebee's. Get it together, baby. I never knew that. <laughs> yep. So big, exciting stuff, hopefully. Yes. And exciting for you guys, too. Well, yeah, because we're awesome. Oh. Okay. <laughs> what that has yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So jumping into today's case, it is a long one. Today's case is the story of Emma Walker and Riley Gall. Okay. Hello, Emily and Riley. Emma. Emma. Emma and Riley. I kept writing Riley Ghoul. Ghoul. Which he is a ghoul. Oh, it's a guy? It's a guy. And a, and a girl? And a girl. So Emma and Riley? Emma and Riley. Got it. So this story is going to sound like a typical American dream movie, a Southern high school where the football player dates the cheerleader and happily ever after unfolds. But unfortunately, that's far from the truth in this case. At Central High School in Knoxville, Tennessee, and at every high school around the country in the United States, a Friday night in autumn means a football stadium covered in lights and two teams battling it out on the field. At Central High School, though, it's in front of a sea of red and black, everyone decked out in support of the home team, the Central High School Bobcats. Ooh, rare. Oh, <laughs> Quote, on Fridays, everybody's excited at school to see how well we do. It's what our school revolves around. It's exciting. 
quote, out in front of the crowd, the marching band and cheerleaders keep the energy high, and in the fall of 2014, there was a new face on the cheerleading squad, a spirited 14-year-old freshman named Emma Walker. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Early that fall, Emma, Emma's moves on the sidelines caught the eye of an older football player, number eight, Central High's wide receiver, and then junior, White Riley Gall. Uh-oh, dating a little young. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Emma Jane Walker was born to Jill and Mark Walker on March 20th, 2000 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Emma had a younger brother named Evan, and together they were raised by their parents in a home in the Sturkey Hill subdivision of North Knoxville, Tennessee. Emma and Evan came from a kind, loving, and close-knit family who vacationed together, spent time together, and all in all just loved one another. Emma was a cheerleader on the Central High School cheer team, and she was part of the Health Occupation Students of America. According to her mom, Jill, Emma wanted to be a neonatal nurse, which is a a, what? A neonatal nurse. Oh, I thought you said needle natal nurse. And I was like, what? <laughs> which, and it's a nurse that works with newborn babies. And Emma had big dreams of going into nursing. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She spent her free time volunteering in hospitals and animal shelters, and her family and friends described her as a kind, friendly, and adored by everyone who knew her person. So a nice kid. A nice kid. A nice kid. With big dreams. Big dreams. In court, Emma's mom described her as independent, curious, empathetic, silly, loving animal. Pathetic? Empathetic. Oh. Bro, do you I thought you said a, and pathetic. Do you need a Q-tip to clean those ears? No, I thought you said and pathetic. I'm like, no. oh my god. <laughs> no. I was like, damn, cute, sweet, <laughs> pathetic. Um, she also described her as silly, loved animals and people, and never tried to discriminate or get into disagreements with anyone. Jill also said that Emma could be stubborn and defiant, especially when it came to following her parents' rules surrounding boys. Which, that's practically every girl in high school, so that's really nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, especially older boys. Yeah. Especially older boys on the football team. Uh-huh. When Emma was a 14-year-old freshman at Central High School, she met 16-year-old William Riley Gall, who was a junior at Central High. William Riley Gall actually goes by Riley, and he was the football player, number eight. Number eight. The two developed a relationship with one another, and Jill, Emma's mom, said that the relationship seemed normal. But she did keep a close eye on it because of the age difference and this being Emma's first boyfriend. Well, yeah, the age difference can easily make you a little cautious. Mm -hmm. For sure. Especially in high school, too. Absolutely. Like, the difference between a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. And 16-year-old is so so big, yeah. One of Emma's friends, Lauren, said, quote, Emma really took cheerleading seriously. She really loved doing it. It was one of her passions. She loved leading, and she loved football games. She loved just being a part of the crowd appeal. Riley Gall was raised by his mother and grandmother, and though he was a football player, Riley was not the typical jock. Some of Riley's friends say that he was actually a little nerdy, but a really good student, and he enjoyed playing video games. Riley was known as polite and seemed to be a complete gentleman towards Emma. When Jill and Mark, Emma's parents, met Riley, they really liked him, and they believed that he fit the mold of the all-American boy that he was portraying to them. He assured her parents that he would treat Emma like a true gentleman and assured that their daughter was in good hands while dating him. One of Emma's friends, Zach, said, quote, He was a little nerdy on the side, a little to himself, and from the outside looking in, you'd think he was just a normal guy. When Jill Walker met her daughter's new boyfriend, Riley, she thought, quote, The boy next door. He came in very polite, very nice in the beginning, and he was very likable. Mark, Emma's dad, said, quote, I thought he was a very nice-looking young man. 
well-mannered, and we would let them have some supervised visitation. He could come over to the house, and they would meet up after football games, go out to eat, things like that. So, nice kid meets nice kid. Yep. Okay. And they just, they're doing their high school relationship little age, A little age gap, but nothing's off on this. But. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. You would think it's his first time and on the podcast. you don't even understand. I got this down to a science. <laughs> but as the relationship went on, Jill and Mark became increasingly concerned of Riley and Emma's relationship. According to an ABC News article, Emma's friends thought that Riley was extremely shy. Riley wouldn't say much during group hangouts, and he was pretty standoffish to all of Emma's friends and family. But they all just thought that he was, that was his personality. Emma was making posts on social media that gushed over her boyfriend and their relationship, and she boasted about how lucky she was to have a boyfriend like Riley, and friends truly believed that Emma was extremely happy and extremely in love. But, as typical with the overly gushing on social media proves, there was trouble in paradise. Typically is. Mm -hmm. Emma's friends began to realize that Riley Gall was quiet because he was annoyed in group settings and wanted to be the sole focus of his girlfriend's attention. Riley wanted to be the only one that Emma was spending her time with, and Emma's friends noticed that Riley became progressively more clingy throughout the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Red flag. Red flags. This then led to Riley telling Emma who she could and couldn't hang out with. For two years, the couple behaved like a pretty typical high school couple. They'd break up, then get back together. Oh, jeez. But the difference was that over those two years, Riley's behavior became more and more possessive, dangerous, and overall bizarre. Breaking up and getting back together but with very weird circumstances. Oh, I'm going to assume you're about to tell me. Mm -hmm. Boom. I, I would assume. I got it right this time. <laughs> the couple started to have overly dramatic arguments through text message and Snapchat messages, which is such a younger generation thing to do is to chat through Snapchat, which maybe I'm just old, but like we never talked in Snapchat. Oh, we did. Yeah. See, oh, big time. Even like Chase is two years younger than me. Yeah. But like there's such like a that there's just such a gap because just we because never it, did that. Well, but like you guys used what that yik yak? But yik yak was like not to using... chat. Yik yak was to like anonymously. Well, I'm just saying there was people. apps that you guys used that we just didn't. Yeah. And vice versa. Like we just had popular apps when you guys did like Instagram, MySpace. Yeah. I never had a MySpace. I was at the tail end of MySpace. Yeah. Like, I only had it for three months before Facebook became a thing. But yeah, like, Snapchat chatting was big because it was, like, new and innovative. And, like, then the stories came and then, like, all the new updates and stuff. Yeah, because Snapchat came out when I was in a sophomore in high school. Damn, yeah. I think. I just Mine, remember. It came out in middle school for me. Yeah, see, that's why I think. And you guys used it more to snap. And I think the, also the disappearing messages. You guys liked that. A hundred percent, probably. Chase was crazy. Well, that, yeah, I get no. Every kid was crazy. <laughs> we were hormonal. Um, speak for yourself. We'll speak for all of us. Emma's parents said in, in an ABC News article that they became extremely concerned when Riley would comment on Emma's social media posts about what she would be wearing, and then he would tell her how to dress. Emma's parents... On the Instagram On post? the Instagram. Wild. He would be like, why are you wearing that? Wild. Yeah. I would be like, boy, bye, block. Yeah, that's... Nowadays, everyone would be like, canceled! 
Like you would get, so, you would get, blo- you literally, you'd wake up the next day and your account's gone. Mm-hmm. Emma's parents also monitored all communication between their daughter and Riley, so they were seeing all of the fights and the conversations that were happening. Mark and Jill also made Emma's room off limits when Riley would come over. They would still let him come over. Mm, very rarely mind you like any parent like you don't want to get too involved in your kid's relationship it's like mm, trying to think like well where do i and at this point he wasn't doing anything Mm -hmm. i mean obviously like it's annoying but like yeah. yeah her parents wanted to see the two of them at all times and watch how riley was treating their daughter in front of them it was at this point that emma's parents had exceptionally bad vibes towards their daughter's boyfriend As the social media dictation pressed on, Emma's mom voiced her concerns to Emma and noticed that things between the couple had become way more intense. When Emma was at work at a local supermarket, Riley would be out in the parking lot sitting in his car, waiting for hours for her shift to end so that he could confront her immediately as she got out of work. Yikes. That's aggressive. Like, and also, like, aren't you a football player? Don't you? Like, do you not work? You're 16. Like, Riley, find something to do. Yeah, come on, dude. Find a hobby. (laughs) Anything. During one of their fights, Riley told Emma that he would see her in the obituary section of the newspaper. Okay, solid. The statement was the final straw for Emma's parents, and they banned Riley Gall not only from their home, but from their daughter as well. And in order to prevent further contact, they also confiscated their daughter's phone. Damn, and that sucks for her. Jill said, quote, We just felt like things, the things that we were seeing and the way he spoke to her and how he didn't really respect our rules, we felt like we needed to be around to monitor their relationship more. And one of Emma's best friends said at first, the relationship seemed, quote, just kind of normal. He didn't really talk to us, her friends, a lot. But I was just like, oh, okay, he's shy. He, it just seemed normal. But then, after a while, we got kind of concerned. This friend, Keegan, said that friends told Emma that they didn't like the way that her boyfriend treated her, but, quote, she just kind of brushed it off and she did her own thing, which honestly every teenage girl is going to do because they're going to be like, I love him. He's my hot older boyfriend. Like, yeah. And like, she's so like, they're all so young mm -hmm. still. So it's hard. And it's her first boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. And high school ones are so like. Well, like you think that's love and you think that's the person you want to be with and you think that's normal and it's probably just all confusing. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And now she's getting punished. Like, to her, it feels like a punishment. Yeah, because when you get your phone taken away. Yeah, you get your phone taken. Your parents are basically staring you down. They won't let you be alone with your boyfriend. Like, it's just like, oh, my God. At that age, too, you're very defiant towards oh your parents. Oh, my gosh, 100%. Because you're like, oh, what they're saying I can't do, I can do. Or, yeah, now I want now to. Now I want to. Yeah. According to Emma's friends, Riley became aggressive, sending her more Snapchat messages that said, quote, I hate you. I hate everything about you. And, quote, you're the biggest bitch I've ever come in contact with. One message in particular alarmed Emma's mom, and it said, quote, you're dead to me. I'll check out the obituary. Fuck you. Jill said, quote, we, on one occasion, saw one message that said, quote, I'll see your name in the obituary. And he wrote that to her and we questioned him about it. And he said, sorry, I was just angry. And that's when I started to get more red flags. Yeah, because like, dude, like, come on now. Mm -hmm. A little aggressive. But for every horrible, psychotic message that Riley would send Emma, there was also a quick apology that followed. One said, quote, Emma, I'm sorry for however I act. I love you more than words can describe. The relationship never got physically violent, but the text, well, huh, that's hard to say, but the text exchanges were verbally abusive. 
One text read, quote, you're the biggest bitch I've ever come in contact with. You're dead to me. You're just a piece of shit. Whoa. Like, it's it's too, like, no, like very... Back and forth. Yeah, very bipolar. Like, very north and south. Yeah. Very extreme behaviors switching up. Oh, I love you. I'm sorry. You're the biggest bitch. Mm-hmm. I hate you with all my entire heart. Like a three-minute span. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely has some problems that he needs to figure out. Mm-hmm. Emma did use hateful verbiage to respond to these type of texts, and when Emma's parents saw how she was responding, they immediately stepped in, basically coaching her how to respond, and they shared their concerns that they had over the things that Riley was saying to her. They also shared with Emma their concern over the lack of respect that Riley had towards them as Emma's parents. When asked in court if Riley was respectful towards her, Jill said, quote, Face to face, he was respectful, but when we weren't around, he would tell her to say no or to not do something, and he didn't respect us as parents. Yeah, he's very keyboard warrior. Yeah. Riley sucks. Yeah, you do suck, dude. However, Riley Gall wasn't going to let Emma go that easily, and he completely disobeyed the family's orders. Riley went out and bought Emma an iPod Touch, which could be used to text and Snapchat through Wi-Fi. During all of this... Emma's parents kept trying to persuade Emma to break things off with Riley for good, and they tried to instill in her just how dangerous that he was, but she was adamant about the couple's relationship and she rebelled, keeping in contact with him. Oh, jeez. I know. In 2015, Mark and Jill learned that Riley had been sneaking into their home. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. I would want to kill that kid. I, yeah. Oh, my God. Because you know it's him pursuing her and, like, persuading yeah, her. It's, yeah, manipulating. Yeah. So they installed cameras. Emma was listening when she was punished or grounded, but there was someone else in the relationship that was convincing her to let him around, so the family went ahead and installed all of those security cameras. Then, in 2016, Mark and Jill were really scared for their daughter and the relationship that she was in, and they were basically pleading with her to leave her boyfriend for good. And it was around this time that Riley Gall had graduated high school from Central High. Yeah, like at this point he's almost 18. Yeah. Oh, he is 18. Oh, God. Where he and Emma were... now I can beat his ass. Yeah. (laughs) Now I can legally kick Mm -hmm. your butt. Where he and Emma were both attending. And he was sent to begin his freshman year at Maryville College in Maryville, Tennessee. Now, Maryville is only about 25 minutes away from Knoxville. I know, unfortunately. So Riley was still only a stone's throw away from Emma. And Emma was trying to finish her last two years at school. And Riley was going to be around playing on the school's football team in their D3. Hey, I know. I, the, the, when you said the school, I knew I, I recognized the name. Really? Oh, I had no idea who they were. Mm-hmm. Jill testified that she and her husband had had enough of their daughter's talk. So, like, the kid was smart. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because <laughs> you got me thrown off with the D3. But, like, basically, I mean, the kid was still smart enough and disguised it well enough for him to be able to still, you know, get a college team to want him and play for while being smart enough to go to a college while being crazy. So, like, you could tell it was that bipolar. I think that he was obsessed like with Emma. Yeah. Um, if you look them up, she is pretty much, like, literally what you think of when you think of, like, a Southern Belle. Okay. And... She's super cute. She's outgoing. She has tons of friends. She's smart. She's bright. And he is, like everyone said, like the nerdy jock, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I think he developed this obsession for her. And it became this, if I can't have you, no one can. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and it's like he's so worried about losing her. Yeah. And he didn't want anyone else to be around her. Yeah. 
Jill testified that she and her husband had had enough of their daughter's toxic relationship by October of 2016. One day, in mid-October, when Riley and Emma were hanging out inside the couple's house, Jill was inside and Mark was outside when she called her husband inside. She asked him to go check on Emma, and Mark testified about the incident in court, but he didn't give much detail. Mark said that he caught Riley and Emma, quote, breaking the rules that Jill had set for their home and their relationship. Riley was then kicked out of the house and banned from ever seeing or speaking to Emma. Good. I like your parents. Oh, yeah. They were no bullshit. Yeah. They tried their hardest. I know. Emma was grounded for this, which also tells you how hard this kid's pull was on her. Yeah, like insane. Yeah. Well, she's so young. I know. Emma. Well, I guess she's, what, 16 now? Yeah, but still, but she's been with him for... No, I'm saying she's just, she's still just a kid. Well, she's been with him for two years. Like, at that point, the claws are in deep. so sucked in. Yeah. Emma was grounded for the incident, but on October 30th, 2016, Jill and Mark allowed Emma to go to one of her friend's houses, and while she was there, she secretly met up with Riley. Mark and Jill found out about this because they got a call from the police asking them to come pick up their 16-year-old daughter after she was found with her 18-year-old boyfriend. God damn, do you understand the anger? Like, they let her off the leash one time. Mm Mm-hmm. And they know it's not her. Like, they know that it's him persuading and manipulating. Oh and it's like, God. do you keep her locked in the house? I would and just, just put a restraining order on that dude. Yeah, but the problem is they're so hard to get. Because you have to prove nuts. that that person's going to incite violence. That's insane. Yeah. God. Knowing that Riley would be tied up with football for the fall semester, Emma's parents grounded her from doing anything but school and but cheerleading. By doing this... Emma realized that she actually really enjoyed her life without Riley, and she was having a lot more fun without him around. Jill also said that Emma had become less defiant and began opening up to her parents again. Things did start to improve in the Walker house, and everyone thought that Emma was on a good path to a new beginning. Now, Emma was becoming herself again, and family and friends quickly picked up on how vibrant and happy she'd become since breaking up with Riley. But Riley, on the other hand, was completely devastated and overall just beside himself. I have no doubt. Mm -hmm. When asked about why she didn't force her daughter to end the relationship or be even more strict, Jill said, quote, But as you do that with a teenager, the more you butt heads, the more she's going to think he's in the right because he had a way of isolating her and making her think that he was the only one. Mark said, quote, She did become like her old self again. She would come out of her room, eat dinner with us, and socialize with us. And Emma even texted her friend Keegan to say that she and Riley were, quote, done for good. Her friend Keegan said, quote, she just came to the realization that she deserved better. Then we're all like, yes, it's finally happening. We're like, this is what we've been waiting for. Riley's friends and college buddies told ABC News that he had erratic mood swings and he would sulk out loud over his depression over the breakup to his friends. Oh, man. So, like, homeboy was down bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, that's the craziest thing. Like, he got so possessive and so crazy that he ended up making, he just pushed her away so hard. Yeah. If he was just chill out. Lunatic. Right now, it's so nuts. That's when, one night, Riley just swallowed a bunch of Vicodin and washed it down with alcohol to try and kill himself. His attempt was unsuccessful, and I didn't read anywhere that it even put him in the hospital or had an ambulance called, so I think he just did it. Like, I don't mean this to sound bad, but, like, I think he just did it to possibly not do it. Or maybe get a reaction out of her. That's what it, yeah, because he'd... 
texted basically Emma and tried telling her what he'd done and basically pulling her like, I only have a few minutes left. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. no, he definitely probably did. And like, it didn't work. She was like, please just leave me alone. Please yeah. leave me alone. And then he's like, actually, it it didn't work. I have a second chance. It was like that. So yeah. I'm like, did you? Who knows? Yeah. But obviously, if he went to the hospital, I feel like it'd be a bigger deal with the football coach and the school right. and his parents. And, and his friends would be like, oh, my God, we found him. Yeah. And I they did it. Yeah, no. So. On Friday, November 8th, 2016, Jill and Mark allowed Emma to go to a party and a sleepover at her friend. Why do they keep doing that? Because you can't lock her in. I know, I know, I know. Goodness gracious. Because it isn't, I know, because, like, if she actually broke up with him at this point, you're probably like, yeah, go. Right. And if she's like, I, I'm I don't happier, want to see yeah. him, yeah. They allowed Emma to go to a party and a sleepover at her friend Sarah's house after a home football game, which in high school as a kid, you don't want to miss any of that. Like no. That was the whole fun of high yeah, school. Absolutely. A few of Emma's friends that were also at this party did testify in court. And Zach Green, one of Emma's best friends, said that Emma officially broke up with Riley about two to three weeks prior to the party at Sarah's house. And he also shared that he did not like Riley at all. Zach called the relationship unhealthy and told the court that Riley was extremely controlling. Well, Uh while Emma was at this party, Emma started to receive wicked weird texts from an unknown number claiming that Riley had been kidnapped. What? Mm -hmm. He went there? Yes. Okay. The text said that she needed to leave the party and go outside because Riley was left in a ditch. Zach testified that these text messages really scared Emma, and she did want to go outside to see what was going on. So Zach went outside with Emma, but neither of them saw anything. Okay. One of the texts read, quote, Go to your car with your keys and go alone. I've got someone you love. If you don't comply, I will hurt them. Oh my God, please tell me she doesn't follow this. Once the two were outside, Emma got another text from the unknown number. It read, quote, what part of alone wasn't clear? I don't want to have to hurt a loved one. Wow, this is so weird. Like, oh, this kid. He's a fuck. Like, you are so down, dude. Like, grow up and move on. Mm-hmm. At this point, Emma believed that the texts were being sent to her by one of Riley's friends. And so she decided to challenge the unknown texter, to which they replied, quote, I'm no one's friend. We have him now. If you don't care about him anymore, then it shouldn't bother you. Go ahead. Call the police and he dies. Your choice. If you'd like to hear his final screams, give me a call. He's in a ditch besides Sarah's house. It's a shame you can all of a sudden not value someone's life. Oh my god. Like, Please tell me she read right through this. Please. I would write back and be like, you can keep him. No, I would just be like, yeah, no problem. All right, um... Can you just, like, not get anything in the driveway, please, or stain anything? Thank you. Have a great night. (laughs) Bye. Well, this time, a big group of friends decided to walk outside with both Emma and Zach. Like, the whole party was like, okay, I'm sorry, your your ex-boyfriend's Your boyfriend is a freaking loser, so let's go find him in the ditch so we can all look and point at him and laugh. Zach said that when they went outside, quote, we saw a figure laying down on the ground, face down in a ditch, like, covering his face. Oh, I got it. This is going to be good. The group soon realized that the figure laying in the ditch was Riley Gall. Oh, my God. No way. Mm -hmm. Haley McDonald, a senior who was at the party and was one of the friends who'd gone outside, told the court, quote, He told me he was hit over the head and he couldn't recall anything. But then, later, he remembered that the kidnappers said, Call Emma. And I told her, 
it was probably made up. It was the type of behavior that he'd exhibited before. Well, this kid is gnarly dumb. I, like, and all me and my friends would do is just be laughing at this kid for being in a ditch. Be like, boy, you are so down right now that you are laying in the ditch for this chick. You are fucking pathetic, my guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. Oh, my God. And you know he probably, like, turned around and looked up and saw, like, 50 no. people. was probably like, ugh. No, he didn't. He got up and was rubbing his head going, What's happening? Yeah, if I saw everybody, I was like, oh, fuck. No, he didn't. You're just, Chase, you're going to literally, because it gets worse. He literally was rubbing his head going, oh, where am I? Where am I? I've been kidnapped. And everybody at the party is like. So you forget everything but the fact that you got kidnapped. Everybody at the party is in their mouth breathing like, uh, uh, uh. I'd be geeking. I'd be geeking. So Emma demanded, what what is going on? What is the situation? And Riley responds that he had no idea where he was. And he was rubbing his head, being dazed and confused. Emma's friends testified that Emma was extremely frightened, but even more angry. And Emma began pressing Riley, basically asking him, like, WTF, what are you doing? What are you doing here? But the more she pressed him, the more Riley insisted that he'd been kidnapped and beaten. Emma and her friends realized that this was completely ridiculous and fake, and they walked back into the house. <laughs> yeah, all right, boy. I get home safe. Mm-hmm. We'll see you later, weirdo. But half the people were still outside, like, staring at him, like... Oh, I'd be recording the whole thing. Be like, guys, you would not believe this. This person <laughs> faked his own kidnapping at this high school party. I could not make this up. <laughs> and he's in college. And yeah, she's that's like, the oh. thing. I'm like, oh, my God. No way. <laughs> No way. Oh my god, that would be talked about for years. Do you remember that remember that college kid who showed up at that party? Pretending to be pretending kidnapped. Pretending to be kidnapped because he was so down bad about his girl. So her friend, Zach, actually testified about about this in court later on and said, quote, She's like, Zach, I'm getting these really weird texts that say come outside alone if you don't want to see a loved one, get hurt. Go to your car with your keys. Go alone. I've got someone you love. If you don't comply, we'll hurt them. And Emma texted back, threatening to call the police and telling her that she knew it was one of Riley's friends. But the texts, again, only became more dramatic and more menacing. I'm just telling you like what they ha- what happened in court. Zach said, quote, So we finally get to him, mm-hmm. and he's pulling up his head, kind of has this really weird, confused face on. And Emma's like, why are you here? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got here. I've been kidnapped. Someone dropped me off here, and I don't know what's happening. Where am I? Where am I? How did I get here? He's holding his head like he's got his head upside down, and he's just kind of acting very weird. And Zach said that Emma just yelled out, We just broke up. Leave me alone. So at this point, Emma's gone back inside, and Riley decided to drive home because everybody <laughs> boy the walk of shame mm-hmm. oh my god that's so funny <laughs> but Haley also said that riley told them all before he left that the kidnappers had taken his phone but when emma went inside he immediately began texting Haley from his own phone number oh no like bro do you not like is he seriously like he has to be so delusional i don't don't know riley wrote quote my head is throbbing i have no fucking idea what happened i literally woke up in her yard i could have been killed and emma didn't even give a fuck killed by who and like you're telling me you got kidnapped and dropped off at the the house that she went to a party at it just happened like this kidnapper was like (laughs) 
this guy woke up and said, you know, what? I'm gonna kidnap this college kid, put her on this high school like and door, say, and threaten his ex girlfriend and say, yeah, call Ember for I'm what? Kill her. For there what? was money, no ransom. Yeah, like... money. You know, food. I don't know anything. Drugs. Mm-hmm. Riley had been completely rejected and made to look like an absolute fool. Idiot. And since there were still people standing around outside when he left, like literally mouth breathing again because they had no idea what to do with this situation. Riley tried to continue his song and dance and called his other friends at college saying he'd been kidnapped. No way he kept it going that bad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, so, dude. Mind you, it's a Friday night and these are freshmen. They're oh, like, we're just trying to party. Dude, like, we're yeah. just trying to hang out with our friends. And Riley is... A weirdo. Yes. So these friends at college were all really confused because they had no idea why Riley would have been kidnapped. And like, how did you already escape? Like, what? (laughs) So, but as good friends, they decided to go out and go look for them. So they walk out to the driveway, and as they're getting into their car, suddenly Riley pulls into the driveway of that house that they hey guys all at. i made it yep. sorry so now these friends are standing there mouth breathing in a state of confusion riley gets out of the car moaning rubbing his head and his friends were like uh okay well we'll call the cops riley freaks out demanding that no don't call anybody i'm good i'm fine so these friends immediately knew that it was another poor and unsuccessful attempt at trying to get emma back Oh my, I don't even know how he has friends at this point. He loses them very fast. Oh, I have no doubt. Noah Walton, the friend who'd gotten the call where Riley stated that he'd been kidnapped, told 2020, quote, he sounded like he'd been crying or was sounding fatigued, I guess. He basically told me that these people knocked him out, took his car, threw him in a van, and now he didn't know where he was. But when he came home, he was just like, nope, no, no cops, no cops. Well... This bizarre behavior didn't end. I have no doubt. It's probably just the beginning. As it ever does. Yeah, I mean. And the next day, according to prosecutors, Riley Gall showed up in Emma's neighborhood, dressed in all black with his face covered, and he began slamming and banging on Emma's front door. God, Emma was dude, home alone. Gave it up. And he was, she was completely frightened, believing that there was someone trying to break into her house. Haley McDonald, Emma's friend, told jurors in court that she, quote, immediately knew it was Riley, as Haley had actually seen his car parked at a nearby swimming pool. So Haley said that when she saw his car, she immediately texted him and asked why he was in Sturkey. She said, quote, he freaked out and he denied it. Emma believed him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Emma. She's still on him. Mm hmm. Emma texted her friends frantically that someone was at her house and trying to get inside. She said, quote, I'm home alone and somebody in all black walked down my street and came to my door and rang the doorbell over and over again. I thought I was going to die. She also texted her ex-boyfriend, Riley, oh my God. and said, quote, I hate you, but I need you right now. Within seconds, within literally two seconds, this boy Texts Emma back and says, quote, I'm coming. I'm speeding there. Just give me a minute. Of course you are. Within a minute, Riley then showed up at Emma's house playing the role of rescuer and yet another ruse designed to win Emma back. Emma had texted Riley because she was so scared of the masked man at her door and she told her friends in a text message, quote, it wasn't Riley at the front door. He texted me speeding over here. 
Emma was supposed to go meet up with her mom, but when Jill noticed that Emma had failed to show up and meet her, Jill went home and found Emma and Riley in her front yard. Oh my god, I would just simply just like, I don't even know what I'd do as a parent. Yeah, I don't either. I actually think I would kidnap him. <laughs> you really want to fucking <laughs> and get, leave him yeah, in a ditch? You really, you really want to get kidnapped? <laughs> Come here. When asked about this, Jill said, quote, My first thought was, you're kidding me. He knows he's not allowed here. So I just get out and I ask him to leave politely. And he says, no, I'm here to help. I'm making sure Emma is okay. And he's trying to talk to me. And I just said, you know, you're not allowed and you need to leave. And he finally did leave. If someone told me no, I actually think I would. Pepper spray. (laughs) You're on my property. Hint, hint. Pepper spray. Hint, hint. Jill said that her daughter was visibly shaken from this alleged intruder and really believed this. What the actual? (laughs) How the tables have turned. Jill said that her daughter was, mind you, this is the next morning, like after the party. Okay. So Jill said that her daughter was visibly shaken from this alleged intruder and she really believed that this person could have been a burglar or maybe even a stalker. Jill, however, wasn't convinced and believed that it was Riley who was trying to break in or create some scary scenario that would make Emma reach out. 100%. Yeah. This is when Jill learned of the alleged kidnapping and the stunt of the supposed burglar. So she learned both of these simultaneously. And Jill told 2020, quote, I said to Emma, don't you find it odd that Riley was involved or appeared at both events? And she said, no, it wasn't him, mom. It wasn't him. He's trying to get her attention to talk to him, and he's going way overboard to do that. I was worried, and we were watching her on Sunday. We followed her to work. We followed her back home just to watch and make sure that she was safe. So, It's got to be so exhausting. And it happens really fast. So Friday was the party. Saturday was the burglary. And now we're on Sunday. Okay. So this day, Sunday, November 20th, 2016, things to be ba- things seemed to be back to normal at the Walker household. Emma texted her friend Keegan about a homework assignment and then went to bed a little after midnight. But she was also in contact with her ex-boyfriend. Mm. Riley was continuing his brigade of trying to contact Emma. And M- Emma mostly ignored him, but she did need some help with her homework. So she told Riley she would only talk to him if he helped her with the paper she was working on. Oh my gosh. Riley immediately calls Emma to help her with the paper, or so he pretended to. And the call apparently didn't go well, and the two ended up fighting. Of course, he didn't want to talk about a paper. No, he's like, how can I smuggle you out of this country so no one ever finds you again? Or yeah, how can I ar- have an argument with you about yeah. something? When the call ended, Riley would make a drastic action. Riley knew his grandfather kept a gun in his car. So he went outside and he took it. In a state of anger and what he believed was betrayal of the love of his life, Riley got in his car and drove over to Emma's house. A little after 6 a.m. on Monday, November 21st, 2016, Jill Walker went into her daughter's bedroom but couldn't wake her up. Quote, I said her name. I didn't hear anything. I bumped her leg. I didn't hear anything. And then I looked at her face and realized I checked for a pulse and I couldn't find anything. I don't remember a whole lot from that. I know I called 911 and I just tried to wake my daughter up for school. She's, she's, she's 16. The 911 operator asked, quote, you said this person, she's unresponsive. Jill sobbing said, yeah. Mm. Police immediately were sent to the Walker house and Knoxville County Sheriff's Deputy Nikki Bowles, the lead forensic technician on the case, said the call originally came in as a possible suicide. 
Deputy Buell said, quote, When I first got there, I started my photographs on the outside of the residence. I walked in, photographed the interior of the residence, and walked into the bedroom, photographed the bedroom. There was a hole in the wall. It appeared to be a bullet hole. And at that point, I knew that it probably was not a suicide. Yeah, I was about to say, I figured that would be pretty quick yeah. to figure that one out. I was like, wait a second. But it's, it's interesting because they say the bullet holes are the size of a ballpoint pen. So I was wondering how small that bullet is. Hmm. Right? I don't know, but I figured, yeah, they'd figure it out. Yeah, they're police. With the, yeah, the bleeding. Mm-hmm. When Knox County Sheriff's Lieutenant Alan Merritt arrived on the scene, he said he started looking at the outside of the house, and he noticed a bullet hole in the wall that was about shoulder height. Quote, it's just a small bullet hole, just, you know, the size of a ballpoint ink pen. But okay. do they mean, like, the pen yeah, or like the this. tip of the no, pen? like this. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, the tip. I was like, that's a spy bullet no, if that no, kills no, like you. that. Okay. Yeah. So with like the size of a penny. A little smaller. 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 He then located two shell casings outside the Walker home. Wait, so the shell casings were outside? Yep. And she's dead inside? Inside. Yep. It's a, it's a one-story home. So he shot her from outside? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mother do got some, I, I guess, surprisingly good aim. Uh, no. He doesn't. That's the. That's literally why Uh-oh. this happened, because he's a big oaf. Of course he is. He then located the two shell casings outside the Walker home, so he knew that two shots had been fired from the same gun. Walking around outside the home, he eventually found a second bullet hole on a different side of the house, at approximately the same height as the first. Quote, to an investigator, that tells me that the two shots were more than likely fired by the same suspect. The medical examiner concluded that 16-year-old Emma Walker had been killed by a gunshot wound to the head while she was asleep after two bullets had been fired into her bedroom from outside of the home. No way. Yep. One bullet had hit her left ear and the second had lodged into her pillow. Oh. My thing is, is like, no one heard that? So One story house, two bullets, I would wake up, no doubt. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. Cuz like you said her mom woke up just the next morning and went in to look for her. But like to me, like no one heard two gunshots. I don't know if it's cuz the fact that they were shot at the wall of the house. I don't really like I I don't I don't know. Like that's just to me like I guess that they're heavy sleepers. I don't know. Jill Walker said, "Quote, once the detective got there, we were asked to leave the residence. So obviously it had turned into a crime scene at that point." So they were wrapping tape around our house and walking around outside, but we still had no idea what had happened to her. When police started interviewing Emma Walker's friends and family members that day, police said that the same name kept coming up over and over and over again. Riley Gall. Yeah, no doubt. Quote, everybody kept giving us the name Riley Gall because of their relationship, because they had seen the way that Riley had treated her, the way that he'd talked to her. When Riley learned that his girlfriend, Emma, had died, the first thing he did wasn't reach out to her friends or family, wasn't sob hysterically or uncontrollably. Nope. Riley hopped right on Twitter and he tweeted. No way. Come on. What do you say? Riley changed his profile photo to just a photo of Emma, like just Emma. He wasn't in the picture. And he also changed his Twitter bio to read, quote, living every day through Emma Walker. I love you, beautiful, and I know you're in a better place now. Whoa, what the hell? Yeah. The tweet... So, this guy is a spiral. The tweet read, quote, That's my beautiful Emma. Rest easy now, sweetheart. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13. Be sure to remind God about our verse. I love you forever and always. Whoa. So now it's like he's using it for attention. Yep. The Bible verse that Riley was citing states, quote, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But when there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Okay. Attached to that message, or attached to that tweet, Riley included a photo of a typed message that was too long to fit within Twitter. Some of it said, quote, to think that every memory we had, every happy special moment we shared can't be relived. I love you, Emma Jane Walker. The amount of pain your family, me, and the community are in is insurmountable. Every time we held hands, kissed, hugged, to imagine that I'll never ever have that again hasn't quite hit me yet. Then same day, Riley tweeted again, I love you, Emma. I can't be around any of that yet. It's too soon. I know, you know, I'm dying to be there. But no, I can't. I love you, and I'll see you soon. Oh my god, dude. He just kept tweeting and tweeting yeah, like, and shut tweeting. shut up. And everybody said, too, like, the tweets were giving off major red flags because they were like, why are you tweeting so, so much? So much when yeah. you need to be, like, sad and like, mourning and, like, not tweeting. How about, like, call her parents? All right. It's A-U-L. Madison Keevy, a reporter at ABC Knoxville, the affiliate Wait, who covered this story, said, quote, what stood out to me from these tweets immediately was the repetitive nature, repetitive nature of him saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Only knowing these posts about him, if you just read that, if you just saw that, you would think that maybe this was an ex-boyfriend who just lost his first love. Emma Wong. Not me. Emma Walker's friends, family, teachers, coaches, and community were absolutely devastated. The night after her death, they held a candlelit vigil at Central High, and her fellow cheerleaders released balloons in her memory as that week's Bobcats football game. While everyone was mourning, Riley couldn't stop being a keyboard warrior on Twitter, letting everyone and anyone know that Emma was his love and that it was his loss. Oh my, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like He's just absorbing it to make it his loss. Yep. It's his thing. In the Not hers. No. In the midst of all the tweeting, Riley's roommates and friends became increasingly concerned for Riley's well-being, and these friends had a secret that they wanted to share. Good, let's hear it. One of his college roommates, Alex McCarty, said, quote, He would be off to the side, moping, and saying things like, Oh, I just feel so depressed. I just, I want to hurt myself. Blah, 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 blah. Just things that he would say just a lot as a cry for help, I guess, in a way. McCarty said, quote, he ended up telling me that he was so fearful for his life that he'd stolen his grandfather's gun, and he showed it to me. I was very worried. He reassured me over and over and over again that he was the farthest thing from suicidal. He was just so scared of these people who were out to get him and who were out to get Emma. Yeah, now who are these people? Who are these kidnappers? Yeah, like, what do they want? <laughs> like, dude, like, what could, what do they need? What are they looking for? Right? Other than, like... Just to cause annoyance. Yeah, like, those are some bad kidnappers. <laughs> they didn't really pick a good target. Or, like, anything to get. Like, what do high school kids have? Let me, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to kidnap this high school and throw him in a ditch. I'm going to kidnap this high school kid who's only making enough money to cover his gas money. 
He probably isn't making any money. Right. Like, He's too busy worrying about her. But Noah Walton, the friend who'd received the phone call about the alleged kidnapping, had an additional piece of evidence to add. Noah told detectives that Riley had asked him how to get fingerprints off of a gun. Oh, okay. Quote, he said he was asking for his roommate, and I told him, obviously not, and not to ever ask me anything like that again. And he said, I know, I know. It was for my roommate. I thought it was weird. It was very weird. It's strange. Very strange. I'd label that as weird. Yep, a little weird. With all this information, detectives brought Riley Gollin for questioning on Monday, only 16 hours after his first initial tweet about Emma and her death. Police questioned Riley on his whereabouts during the previous 72 hours. Mind you, this is Monday. Okay, he was kidnapped on Friday. Mm. And there was a burglary on Saturday. That is a wild-ass weekend. Okay. So the police questioned him on his whereabouts during the previous 72 hours. Riley said he thought he spent Friday night at his friend Noah's house, but he truly couldn't remember. Boy, you were kidnapped. That is not something you forget. Oh, I got kidnapped. My bad. Totally forgot that part of the day. I was thrown in a ditch. It really wasn't that big a deal, honestly, no, officer. Fine. It was It was just a little misunderstanding. Honestly, it was so embarrassing that it was traumatic, so no wonder I don't remember it. Yeah, sorry. I just didn't want to tell you. It made me nervous. During his two-hour police interrogation, Riley didn't once refer to Emma Walker by her name. Instead, he only ever called her the girl. What? Yeah. Riley said, quote, the girl. She texted me. The detective said, which girl? Riley said, the one that passed away. What the fuck? You mean your ex-girlfriend? You mean the girl that you were obsessed with? Right? The one that you were kidnapped about? The girl. The girl. Detective Hames Hurst told 2020, quote, When I first met him, Riley, I thought he might have been a grieving boyfriend. But when we got into the interview room and sat down, I felt like there was a dark side. He didn't have a whole lot of passion or concern. Riley told detectives that he had been trying to speak with Emma, a.k.a. the girl, the past weekend. But she wouldn't engage with him. Quote, But she said if I would help her write her paper, she would talk to me. And Sunday night, I used one of my friend's phones on campus to call her. Our phone call didn't go very well. She just told me a bunch of cruel stuff, and then she blocked my friend's number. Then, Riley told detectives that he went over to his parents' house afterwards for a little bit, and then he drove back to his college. Once he got there, Riley said that he broke down and cried for, quote, two to three hours in his car over breaking up with Emma. Okay. First of all, Riley, you didn't break up with Emma. She broke up with you. Yes. Because you're a psychopath. Mm-hmm. But as he was describing all of this in the interrogation room, detectives said that Riley Gall was completely emotionless. Quote, his interview was probably one of the most disconnected. It almost seemed rehearsed and deliberate. Like he was thinking about it. Yeah. At this point, detectives said that they knew from McCarty that Riley had shown his friends his grandfather's gun. Riley's grandfather, who had kept the gun in his car, had reported the 9mm handgun missing to police prior to Riley ever being a suspect. So, detectives asked Riley about the gun, but he told them that he didn't actually know where it was or what happened to it, or even why his grandfather had reported it missing. Riley then denied showing it to McCarty, and also denied asking Noah Walton about removing fingerprints from a gun. So he just denied, denied, denied. Then, detectives asked Riley if they could see his cell phone, and Riley's face showed some panic and asked detectives if he was a suspect. They responded, quote, should you be? But Riley then pressed on, denying having anything to do with Emma's death. 
Riley was released from the Wengal Sheriff's Office, and once he left, his friend McCarty said that he started getting frantic text messages from Riley, basically asking why he had told the police about the gun. In the text messages, Riley demanded that all of his friends not speak to the police anymore. Noah Walton said, quote, he was on edge. Uh, you think? Mm-hmm. These texts caused all of Riley's friends to believe that Riley was lying to the police. And so then Noah Walton and Alex McCarty joined forces with the police to help them lay a trap on Riley and nab a confession. Boom. Get him. Get him. On Tuesday night, just one day after Emma's murder, detectives wired the two friends up with microphones and a transmitter where police could listen in and a video camera that was hidden in a key fob. And they planned out a sting operation to recover the potential murder weapon and hopefully grab a confession. Detective Merritt told 2020, quote, those two young men contacted us and they asked if they could help us get what they believed to be the murder weapon back. Obviously, there's concerns for their safety. We went over all of that with them and they were still adamant, very adamant that they wanted to do this. Well, hell yeah. They understood the dangers and the concerns, but they wanted to do it. Riley told his friends on the recording that he really wanted to, quote, be upset that the love of his life was dead, but he had more pressing concerns that he needed to deal with. Like what? Quote, I'm trusting you guys with my life because this is 70 years in jail if I'm convicted of something I didn't do. I want to be upset, but I can't. Riley said and then explained to them that he was, quote, too worried about being arrested to think about Emma. Riley then said... Okay, like, to me, it's just like, dude, if you were innocent, who gives a fuck? Right? If you didn't do it, you'd be fine. If you didn't do it, relax. Yeah, relax and go mourn about your girlfriend you were obsessed with. Right? It would actually be more, like, it's weird to not be mourning. It's, like, weird to not be mourning. Because it's not unexpected to you. Quote, why did you tell them about the gun? They think I shot her because of it. Just, uh, God, please promise me, if any cops ask you any more questions, just tell them you're not willing to answer. Riley then told his friends, quote, I had the gun because I was scared. 1,001%. I never would. I would hurt myself before I hurt Emma. You just tell them you were on acid, high and drunk, and you didn't understand me. Yeah, just, just do that because they don't know anything. Or if they did, I would be in jail right now. You're in an altered state of mind, so you didn't know what you were saying to them. Yeah, like you wouldn't be this so pressed if you didn't do anything. Right, yeah. And your friends wouldn't lie. No. And you wouldn't be frantically like, oh, just tell them that, like, you were really, like, messed up. You were on acid. Yeah. Like, what? Okay. um, uh, What? (laughs) Sorry, officer. I didn't mean to stumble Officer, I lied to you because I was on acid and I made up a gun story. Yeah. uh, I made up a gun story that kind of fits a crime that you currently have. That you got kind of going on with. But to me, no, I made it up. Sorry. I was on acid. Yeah, sorry. Riley asked his friends to accompany him to the, quote, the bluffs overlooking the Tennessee River near the University of Tennessee. Quote, if I throw it with enough force, if it's in the Tennessee River, they'll never find it. I would be like, I need a new friend. I'd just be like, oh my God, I'm going to go home. (laughs) The police got enough, right? God (laughs) damn. The operation was a success and Riley admitted where the gun was and he was immediately arrested. In addition to the murder weapon, his grandfather's gun, police also recovered what they believed to be a, quote, treasure trove of evidence, including gloves and black clothing, which authorities say point to Riley also being the, quote, man dressed in black who was mysteriously at the Walker household on Saturday morning before mm-hmm. Emma was killed. Crazy motherfucker. 
Riley was being charged with first-degree murder, along with some other charges like stalking, theft, stolen firearm, and he was given a $1.34 million bond, which he was released on. Whoa. Yeah. But he had to wear an ankle monitor, and there was tons of rules that he had to follow. Riley's trial didn't begin until May of 2018, almost a year and a half later. At his trial in May of 2018, Riley's defense attorney, Wesley Stone, argued in court that he had never meant to kill his ex-girlfriend, but only fired the gun into her bedroom to try and scare her and get her attention. What? Yeah. This Why? Would, this would then make her come running to him, which she had done every time oh, that she'd been frightened. Oh my god, He's so, he takes it so freaking yeah. far. No, he literally shot at the house, like, he shot... He shot at the house to make the noise and do the sounds. He accidentally hit her. He didn't know that bullets could go through a wall. What does he think? It ricochets back towards him? I I don't know. I think he just thought it would stick into the wall. Oh, my God. He thought that she would wake up, be scared, text, and be like, somebody's shooting at me. And then run over. Because he was trying to create this, like, people are after us. Right? (laughs) And she needs a hero. Mm Mm-hmm. What the fuck? This guy's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. What happened was, after the fight that Emma and Riley got into on the phone, Riley stormed outside and grabbed his grandfather's gun from the glove box in the car. Then, in the early morning hours of November 21st, 2016, at 3 a.m., Riley Gall took the pistol over to his ex-girlfriend, Emma Walker's house. He knew the exact location of his ex-girlfriend's bedroom and where her bed was, and he walked around the house until he got to her room. Without hesitation, he fired two shots from outside the house in the direct area where Emma Walker's head was resting on her pillow. Defense attorney Stone opened his arguments with, quote, Intentionally doing an act and intending to kill are two entirely different things. I think throughout this trial, the distinction will become very apparent. No way. Like, yeah, that was my thing is like if you, you guys were dating so long, you would know where her bed is. Yeah. Maybe not just shoot directly at it. He shot because he was like, oh, her bed's here. If I shoot at her head, it'll make the noise and she'll wake up. Oh my God, you dumb ass. But it went through and killed her. Oh my God, you're an idiot. Yeah. The prosecutor came back and said that Riley Gall was, quote, dressed in all black from head to toe when he fired shots into Emma Walker's bedroom from outside her house at about 3 a.m. on November 21st, 2016. He then said that Riley used a gun he stole from his grandfather and shot Emma in the back of her head behind her left ear. Two bullet holes were found in her bedroom wall. Emma Walker died in her sleep and was found when her mother, Jill Walker, tried to wake her up that morning. Defense attorney Stone said that Riley Gall wasn't trying to kill Emma Walker and instead fired the shot in a misguided attempt at, quote, coming to her rescue and being her hero. Quote, first degree murder requires an intent to kill. Some of us who are familiar with handguns may very well know that by shooting into a wall blindly, it will go through a a wall. Some of us may not. Wesley told 2020, quote, he never intended to cause her any harm. He never intended to cause her death. Consistent with her reaching out to Riley regarding the event Saturday morning, he was attempting to get her to ask him for help again, sort of again being her protector. It's been in his heart. It's been in his mind. It's been just everything about him. Every day for the rest of his life, wherever that may be, he will have to live with that reality. That's just ridiculous that he didn't think that would happen. What kind of house was it? Was it brick? Uh, I don't know what style houses they have in Tennessee. Because I feel like every house in every, like states. Are I just want to know if he was like shooting and deciding or brick or like what type I of think material. Like here. Well, I know, but the sighting of brick. Oh, 
I'm assuming siding then, because I don't think bullets can go through brick. I just want to see the house. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. If it's brick, that would make me assume maybe he was like, oh, it won't go in. For some reason, it did. You could look up um, Emma Walker House. Yeah. That's just crazy. Mm -hmm. That idiot did that. The prosecutor said, quote, on paper, everything looked great. She's the cheerleader. He's the football star. They're in a relationship, but the relationship was toxic. Wesley Stone also said that Riley Gall still denies being the mysterious man dressed in black. In court, Riley's friends and roommates testified against him and shared with the court all of the failed attempts at getting Emma back. Riley's friends, Isaac Ewers, Noah Walton, and Alex McCarty, weren't buying the kidnapping tale, and they shared that with the court. Quote, it was a bold-faced lie, over and over again. Yeah, it's exciting. Exciting. After telling his friends that he'd been kidnapped, Riley confessed to Alex McCarty that he had stolen his grandfather's gun. In court, Alex said, quote, he told me he was so concerned about his safety, he stole his grandfather's gun. McCarty told Ewers and Walton about Riley's confession, but they didn't call authorities or alert anyone. And Ewers said in court, quote, I didn't want to get my friend in trouble. The next night, a few hours before Emma was believed to have been shot, Riley phoned Noah with a strange question. Quote, he asked me, for his roommate, if I knew how to remove fingerprints from a gun. I obviously had no idea how to remove fingerprints from a gun. <laughs> it is a real, like, what? I would, um, I would just hang up and be like, oh, this is something bad. Just be like, oh, yeah, not my, not my forte. I'll talk mm-hmm. to you. Mind my own business here. Goodbye. You should call 911 and ask. That's why I don't answer the phone. <laughs> and I told him to never ask me something like that. Riley didn't know at the time that McCarty had told Noah Walton that he'd stolen his grandfather's gun. Noah said that when he learned the following day about Emma Walker's death, quote, a lot of things kind of clicked on what had happened. McCarty said, quote, the first thing I asked him was if he still had the gun, and he told me that he gave it back to his grandpa. But when McCarty learned that, too, was also a lie, he, Noah, and Ewers told Knox County Sheriff's Office detectives what they knew about Riley and the gun. Riley Gall later admitted to police and the court that he'd made up the kidnapping story. Oh, oh man. No I'm, one... I'm, I'm super shocked there. I really thought you got kidnapped. You had us going there. Yeah, dang, bummer. The trial was pretty cut and dry. Friends and family. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friends and family of Emma had testified against Riley, and all of them highlighted the red flag behavior that he'd exhibited throughout the course of their two year relationship. The jury deliberated for five hours, and the jurors found Riley Gall, who is now 19 years old, guilty of first-degree murder, as well as stalking, theft, reckless endangerment, and being possession of a firearm during a, da- uh, during a dangerous felony. In the state of Tennessee, a first-degree murder conviction carries an automatic life sentence. Oh my goodness. As it should. Wow. But that life sentence is 51 years without parole. So he'll be 70 when he gets out. Damn. So yeah, he's toast. Yeah, toasts. His defense attorney believed that he should have been charged with reckless homicide, which carries a maximum four-year sentence. Whoa. Bruh. Whoa. Homeboy. Four years yeah. for stalking and killing? And no killing thanks. Someone, yeah. No. Defense attorney Stone said that since Riley didn't know a bullet could travel through a wall and only fired the shots to frighten Emma and then pretend to be the hero who saved her from the shooter, he should really only be charged for reckless homicide. Oh, oh, oh. So if a guy, oh. like, robs a bank, and he only accidentally shoots and kills somebody, but yeah. he didn't mean to because he didn't mm-hmm. know his gun would go off, we should just let him go. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like somebody pointing a gun at someone, shooting and killing them, going, I didn't know it would I didn't kill know this, them. I thought the safety was on. I didn't know that it could pierce through skin. <laughs> uh, God. Four years, really? Mm-hmm. You could have played a little harder one, but like, yeah, 10, 15. You could have actually pretended to like, like, like care. <laughs> I know it's their job, but sometimes I'm like, really? Yeah, this gets pretty dumb. Yeah. At his sentencing hearing, Riley, who didn't speak once during his entire trial, apologized to the Walkers for killing their daughter but stuck by his defense that it was an accidental shooting. Quote, I'm sorry I took Emma away from you, that I robbed you of the experience of watching your daughter grow up. What I can do is tell the truth about that night. I wanted to scare her. I never meant to take Emma's life. Again, I am sorry. Jill Walker hopes that what had happened to her daughter can also serve as a warning to others who may be in tumultuous, toxic, and dangerous relationships. Quote, if your boyfriend or girlfriend is telling you you can't go there or what to wear or who to hang with or who to talk to, that's not okay. I think when they become quiet and withdrawn, it's a big sign too. It's not just bruises. It's emotional and it's controlling. Riley and his defense attorney, Wesley Stone, did seek an acquittal based on insufficient evidence and a new trial if the acquittal was not granted. Both motions were denied in Knox County Court. Good. And defense attorney Stone said that they will be filing a motion to appeal the decision. Oh, you go get them. Since her death, Emma Walker's family has tried to keep her legacy alive. Since she loved animals and she wanted to be a NICU nurse, the family has since gotten a dog park and a NICU patient room at the East Tennessee Children's Hospital, both named after her. Oh, that's actually really sweet. I know. Quote, it's all things that are part of Emma and all mean something. And Jill Walker also added that she also hopes people remember her by, quote, being kind to others. Today, Emma Walker is remembered through her memorial room at the East Tennessee Children's Hospital, a scholarship for students studying health care at Central High School, and a dedicated dog park. Emma Walker is a name that East Tennessee will never forget. And Jill said she always wanted a baby girl. She always wanted to name her Emma. And when she finally had one, it was a huge blessing to her. As Emma grew to be a teenager, Jill said that she was radiantly beautiful, vibrant, and strong-willed. She was athletic and quickly picked up cheerleading as her favorite sport. Quote, we kept a close eye on it, and it seemed to be very healthy in the beginning. But then, as time went on, we started to see signs of it being controlling. Jill said that Emma started detaching herself from social situations, stopped going out with friends, stopped communicating with her family, and often remained isolated in her room. But they were breaking up. Oh, quote. Er, <laughs> Whoa, whoa, get it. Quote, we were noticing some very unhealthy, not nice things that were being said between the two of them. It's normal to argue, but they were breaking up, then getting back together, then breaking up again and again and again. It just continued. You feel like justice has been served, but your story doesn't change. I mean, it doesn't change your life. If they won't listen to family, tell them to listen to their friends. If your friends don't like who you're dating, there's a reason why all your friends don't like who you're dating. Monitor that phone. I think phones have become a huge issue. They can be talking and you don't even know everything that's going on. Anyone can call the local domestic violence hotline at 865-637-8000. There's trained professionals that can walk you through the next steps. Well, it's like, yeah, because like, even if it's not even her phone, he buys one for her. Right. So he was doing. You have no idea again. He was doing anything he could to keep in contact with her. Yeah, he's a little dweebatron. I hated him. A dweebatron. I don't like him. He is. Like, what an awful human. Like, dude, grow up. And you didn't know, like. Well, my thing is, is like, dude, like, just, dude, it's over. And like, what sucks is he didn't have friends around him to like, like, 
put him in his place. Like, well, they ignored him when he was like whining and moaning. His friends said that they were just like, "Oh God, enough!" Like, the thing is, like, we can all sit here and be upset about relationships. Like, we've all been heartbroken. But at some point, you got to, like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, like, you got to move on. But he couldn't do that because he has something mentally wrong in his head that had him obsessed with this girl. Yeah, he was just over the top obsessed with her. Yeah. Like, dude, relax. Mm-hmm. Like, And it wasn't even like she was doing crazy stuff. Which also, to me, makes me think that he didn't know, that he truly didn't know that she was dead until it broke the next morning and people started talking. Because he fired those shots in to scare her so he's probably like why is she not calling me why is she not texting me why is she not letting me know but like the sad and crazy thing about all of it is you look at all these pictures of them and you would never think that no you never know what's happening behind the camera lens you never know what's happening behind closed doors yep but that is the case of emma walker Ugh. well that guy's pretty dumb for multiple reasons, but also at the same time, pretty sad. Well, it's like sucks. somebody died because you're just an... Who's obsessed, like, like, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish more people would realize that, like, when you're young, the, your life is just, just beginning and it's yeah. not over. No. <laughs> like, you think when you're 16 and 14 and 18 and all this, you think, like, all these... M- all these things going on in your life are so massive and so destructive and they're going to ruin your whole life. And it's like, there's such small things. Like, high school relationships. Like, some people, don't get me wrong, my parents are high school sweethearts. Oh, yeah. Like, so, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, everyone in high school is stupid. You shouldn't fall in love. But, like, like if you guys break up in high school, it is not the end of the world. And yeah. you do think that. Like, you think, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. And it's like, no. Dude, yeah. go to college. Go find friends. Go do your own thing. Move on with your life. Go be happy. Honestly, any I think like if any high schoolers are listening or even college kids, like my biggest piece of advice would be to enjoy time with your friends and family. Like don't worry about relationships because I promise. Well, especially in high school and like in college too. Like if you're not happy, yeah. dude, don't stay. In any relationship, honestly, like it's, it's not worth it. It's, it's not. just not. Like, and if it's, you're not happy, just go. It's so... I wish I could say, tell my... I, I mean, know. I'm telling myself that, too. My <laughs> old self. I'm like, are we breaking up? Oh, yeah, sorry. Hey, everybody. This will be our last episode of Crime Thank you K. all for listening. Peace. <laughs> but even, like, the thing, too, is if somebody breaks up with you, it's okay to be sad, but I, like, promise you... It will be better. Because it is so hard to see it in that time. It, you will be okay. I know it feels like you're dying. It literally feels like the, your insides are being pulled out of your body. But it will get better. But it does get better. And I know none of y'all act like Riley Gall, so it's fine. Yeah, hopefully not. Better not. Better not. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We always do. If you could give us a rating on Spotify and Apple, because that really does help our podcast. For sure. For sure. And like I said, you might see some partnerships or some things coming soon but we are very excited about them and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you did make sure you follow us on instagram at crime with the key if you want to follow us on tiktok you can follow us at crime with the key if you want to send us an email or a case suggestion you can send it to 
Crime with a K at Gmail. And other than that, actually, we're going to see you on oh. Thursday this week. Oh, why is that? With a bonus. Oh, bonus. Ow, ow, ow. Chase actually genuinely didn't know that till right this second. Yeah, that's why I was so excited. <laughs> he kind of just like, what, he'll go, are we recording tonight? Yep. Okay. Yep. I just do what I need to do for the people. Are you going to have your case ready by the 15th? We'll find out. Chase. Hey, everybody. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. We love. Oh, yeah. Ooh, we love you. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.